Viva Las Vegas, Utah fans, as Utah is officially playing in the Las Vegas Bowl against Northwestern. We'll be reacting to that announcement and talking about Devon Vele departing for the NFL on today's special Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcasts. If this is your first time listening to our show, make sure you like and subscribe. Love interacting with all of you in the YouTube comments as well as on social media where you can follow our show at Locked On Utes on Twitter or X. And on today's episode of Locked On Utes, we are brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions do apply. My name is JT Wistoso, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And on today's show, going to be talking about our reaction to Utah's bowl game, going to take on Northwestern in the Las Vegas Bowl, as we mentioned. Also, Devon Vele departing. Not just talking about Vele's career, of course, but also looking at where does this leave Utah, not just in standpoint of the bowl game, but we'll do that a lot of today and then in the future, a lot more on what it means for the transporter for Utah. And a really fun final segment I wanted to talk about um, how we would feel or how I think I would feel if Utah was Florida State after the, uh, the just a really tough announcement that Florida State is going to be an undefeated conference, Power 5 conference champion, and they will be missing out on the college football playoff, which is something that seemed crazy at the start of the season. But we'll talk about that at the end of the show. Uh, first, got to start with the bowl game reaction once again. Utah selected to play in the Las Vegas Bowl against Northwestern. It's not the first time they actually played Northwestern in a bowl. They actually played them in the Holiday Bowl in 2018. Unfortunately, though, Northwestern did win the game 31-20. to It's one that Utah actually got up early, and then they let it slip away. But we can talk about that, uh, that game a little bit more. But just a little bit on this. Northwestern team. Uh, it's a very, it was very much a turbulent season for them. Whether it was the this news before the season that Pat Fitzgerald had, was fired for all of the controversy surrounding uh, the culture at Northwestern, the player treatment, and everything, and then Dave, the defensive coordinator at the time, David Braun, stepped in and was able to guide them to a very strong season amidst all of that chaos that we discussed. They were seven and five overall. There was actually they finished second in the Big Ten West, which the Big Ten West was a uh, a wild division. I actually saw uh, for the Big Ten like updated divisions, or just as long as they've done like the Big Ten East versus the Big Ten West, the West had zero Big Ten championships. If for an entire like division of teams, like, are you kidding me? That's insane. Anyways, so yeah, Utah's going to be paying, taking on Northwestern, and this is a matchup that excites me because when I think about Utah football and I think about Northwestern football, just what those programs have been and what they've continued to be under Braun this season, Northwestern, I think about teams that play really good defense and that love to establish and run the ball. That's what both these programs do like to do, as I mentioned, and I think it's going to lead to that fun battle of contrasting styles that gets me excited. Also, this is excited. Utah's in the Las Vegas Bowl for location standpoint. Utah fans, it allows you guys a great opportunity to go down and support Utah. It's a short little trip to Vegas, one we've made many a times. Uh, 
Rice Eccles Stadium too, or no, it was Rice South Rice Eccles. I think is what uh, you fa- some of the fans have dubbed it. I've seen before because Utah's obviously won two Pac-12 championships there, so it's going to be. A, and what a, how about the Pac-12 championship game last uh, on, on Friday night? That was oh my gosh, that was incredible. And shout shout out to Washington. Great to see a, a Pac-12 team get back into the playoff before it ends. And we know how good that Washington team was. Like yeah, Utah almost beat them, but the mark of a great team is to continue to find ways to win. There's a number of teams that can say they almost beat Washington, but almost only counts in horseshoes and. Is ain't horseshoes, so give a lot of credit to the Huskies for what they were able to do. But as for this game, Utah taking on Northwestern, being in Las Vegas, I think the location really excites me just for the amount of you that are going to have the opportunity to go down and go to the game. I expect it to be a Utah-heavy crowd, especially with everything kind of going on with that Northwestern program right now. I think there's just kind of a, a just a stench or just, just you know, people I just don't feel like want to really – they still had, I'm sure they had solid support this season. I don't know that for a fact, but I just know in general, like when you bring up Northwestern football, it felt a little icky at times, like not this current team, but just because of everything that's kind of happened there, they, and yes, they weren't great this season, but you just didn't see them getting discussed a lot nationally as well. And I, so I'm curious to see how their fan base is going to travel and what in many ways I think is a forgettable season and one they just do want to forget it. Even though it's one that could be the start of something good with what David Braun has built in his already his first season and how he's been able to, you know, they had a winning tradition, kind of keep that going. I mean, this is a team, I think they only won one game in the Big Ten last year, which is crazy because Northwestern has made Big Ten championship games. But then, as we mentioned, they would get absolutely demolished. And then the other team, whether it was Ohio State or Michigan or wherever, would go on and win the conference. And I think Michigan State maybe even a couple years too. But this is a game where uh, I just think it's fun contrasting the styles, as I mentioned, the Vegas Bowl location being fun for Utah too. And just talking a little bit more about this just Northwestern team. I mean, they had a really interesting season. They started the season off with a loss to Rutgers 24-7. But let's remember, Rutgers was actually much better this season than they've been in years past. This is a Rutgers team now that under Greg Schiano, they went 6-6 six and six this season, actually. So definitely a far cry from the Rutgers teams that have been a joke of years past outside of Rutgers. That was a loss. They beat UTEP. They lost to Duke. We know Duke's pretty good. Was pretty good considering Mike Elko was the, he's going to now be the head coach, Texas A&M, their quarterback, Riley Leonard. He's off to more than likely Notre Dame. Last I checked, I think Auburn was still in the running though. A transfer portal just officially opened for people to go, you know, recruit and sign and talk and all that. But once again, it's, I think it's, you know, behind the scenes, things have obviously been happening. Uh, They did beat Minnesota. Lost to Penn State. Most teams did. Utah even did. Exactly. Um, oh, obviously, last go back to last season. Uh, they were able to beat Howard. Lost to Nebraska. That was a tough Nebraska team. Give Matt Rule a lot of credit for how quickly I felt like he turned around Nebraska this season. I feel like that's a team that, in just a program that's going to be back here in the new future. You know, I should say back as in relevant in the Big Ten. I do not mean back as in a national champion contender. I don't see that happening for a while out of Nebraska. I just think it's it's tough in today's world of college football. I just don't know how many. Uh, players are going to want to come out to Nebraska. Now you can build a culture there as well. And uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens there. They had a really good win. Northwestern did against Maryland, thirty-three to twenty-seven. We talked about Maryland being one of the possibilities Utah could play. Maryland, high-flying offense, and what team that Maryland almost upset Michigan just like literally two weeks ago. All, lost to Iowa, ten to seven. Typical Iowa game for them. Uh, moving on from that one, though, did end the season with three straight victories. They beat Wisconsin, they beat Purdue, and they beat Illinois. And they won those games in all different fashion. They beat Wisconsin 24 to 10, only holding the Badgers to 10. And they beat Purdue 23 to 15, only holding Purdue to 15. Then versus Illinois, they needed to score points, and they did so 45 to 43. They were able to emerge victorious in that game. And this is a Northwestern team that's kind of weird because I mentioned how historically it's defense and run the ball. Defense is middle of the pack in the Big Ten, which isn't bad. I think it's okay. If you're a middle tack pack in the Big Ten, I do think you have a, a solid defense overall. So 
Uh, they're kind of middle of the pack in that category. And they are a team as well. Just when we're talking about like what they, what they kind of do really well on the season, you know, their passing game isn't as effective. This is a team that, as we mentioned, they do want to rush. They do want to try to establish the run more on the season. It's not one of the, the best offenses in the big 10 by any stretch of the imagination, but it is one that, you know, has guys like Ben Bryant who have over a thousand five hundred passing yards on the season. And you know, Brandon Sullivan, his Bryant's numbers might be a little bit more of um, you know, Sullivan didn't have some didn't have also his situation as well, where he was kind of doing his thing earlier on. And then now we get to see more of uh of soul of excuse me of Bryant and then mention this team rushing the ball, whether it was Porter, they also have Titus the third. They got two backs I think are physical. A couple of solid receivers, you know, Johnson and Kurtz, both over 600 yards. So I should say actually pretty good receivers who are capable of making plays. But um, yeah, and a couple of defensive defenders, two guys over 100 tackles too. So can do some things defensively as well. There's going to be a lot more time to break down this game. But my initial reaction is I'm excited for the matchup. I'm glad that Utah's in the Vegas Bowl for the location standpoint of it. The Utah fans can easily travel out there. And uh, a weekend in Vegas, always fun, right? So look forward to you guys enjoying that on December 23rd. And we're going to continue to break down that Northwestern throughout the weeks on Lockdown Utes. Obviously, a lot of news will be happening and popping up around then, so it'll be mixed in between other off-season coverage. Speaking of off-season coverage, Devon Vele is off to the NFL. We are going to be discussing and diving into that in one moment, but first, I want to talk to you a little bit further about our friends at LinkedIn Town Solutions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. I've always had a great experience with LinkedIn Jobs. It's helped me land several jobs that have put me in a position to continue to advance in my career. And now LinkedIn can allow you to find great qualified candidates who are out there and ready to work today because LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which make it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows the small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's all caps, no spaces. And once again, that's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. I want to tell you about another sponsor of today's episode of Lockdown News in our glorious friends at UCCU, the UCCU mobile banking app that pays your entire family to learn about money. Kids, they look to parents to become more financially literate. Parents, they don't always know the answers. Learn and breaks down financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games like quizzes and trivia. Every time a family member completes a topic, they earn points that can occur and can be redeemed for gift cards to stores like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and more. There's age-appropriate content for every member of the family. You can compete against each other and track their progress on leaderboards. Learn and earn is inside the UCCU mobile banking app, so you can play it anytime, anywhere. The more you play, the more you learn, and the more you learn, the more you earn. Learn and earn, part of UCCU's award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking Program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together. UCCU, love where you bank. All righty, let's talk about Devon Vele. Devon Vele, one of the recent, well, just the recent best receiver that Utah's had. I mean, talking about a guy who just finished short of having back-to-back 600-yard season. It was 593. Um, really, she should have had back-to-back 600-yard receiving seasons. It's just unfortunate, as I mentioned before, that 
I felt like that was one thing I think if Andy Ludwig could go back before, they really try to design and just do more things to get Devon Bailey the ball earlier in the season. It's not like halfway through the season. When we've talked about this several times on the show, it's not like halfway through the season Devon Bailey remembered how to be an effective receiver. He's been that effective all season. It's on the film. You can see him creating separation. Utah quarterbacks just aren't seeing him fighting him. And that's what's the important part, unfortunate part about when you have Nate Johnson and Bryson Barnes in there. They're not cam rising. They're not going to be able to distribute the ball as effectively as those players are able to. So this is a situation where I feel bad for Bailey that his production isn't higher, but I think that I'm very excited for him to go off to the NFL and get this opportunity. And it's an opportunity he deserves. And I hope he's able, I hope he gets the I hope he gets that opportunity with the team through the draft. We'll see if he gets drafted or goes undrafted. Bailey's a very interesting one. Because numbers-wise, it doesn't pop off. There's We just mentioned Northwestern has two receivers with 600 yards receiving. There's a lot of receivers that have that many yards. So that's where Vele is going to need guys in the scouting department who are going through Utah film to like kind of you know notice him and see him pop. And also, I think what's nice is Vele, such a good guy and a hard worker. The coaches will vouch for him to um, he'll get an opportunity at the pro day. I hope he gets invited to the combine. They only invite so many receivers, so we'll see where he kind of ends up in the mix for that. But I do think Vele has a chance to be a productive guy in the NFL. I think when you look at the wingspan he has, that catch radius is what really attracts me. I think he runs good. Vele does everything well. I don't know what he it's hard for me to say what he does like elite. That's the one thing I would say. I think he's a that which is what made him a very good number one receiver in college. I think he's a very good route runner. I think he has good hands. I think he makes good adjustments on the ball. I think he does a good job creating separation. His speed is just okay. That's the one thing that could hurt him in the NFL. Definitely not. Uh, he's not the fastest receiver in the world. And at the NFL, that speed at the next level, that's where it can become a factor. So, but Vele can great get open. I think he's going to be able to do it at the NFL level too. I think that big catch radius, as I mentioned, I think that's my favorite. I should say that's what he does. Lead. He has a big catch radius and he can bring in that. He does need to get better at bringing in contested balls though. That was something I felt like that we saw a couple of times throughout this, uh, this past two seasons where contested catches, he can make them at times, but he doesn't make them at a high enough, like NFL level to me at the moment. So I think that will be an interesting transition for him to see how he does there. But I, he's a great culture guy. He's more than willing to block. We know that. And I do think he deserves that opportunity for the NFL. I think he'll make the most of it. Once again, hope it comes in the NFL draft, but if not undrafted, hopefully he can make a roster and work his way through on the practice squad. I think a big reason we're seeing Vele go, just like he flirted with going last season, is Devon Vele did have, or excuse me, Devon Vele is 24. That's older for a college receiver. He's been at Utah for a couple of years now, you know, really popped in the 22, 23 and 22 season, but he walked on. 2019 now credit him for working hard and that's the other thing mention the work ethic working himself into the top receiver on this team that speaks to the work ethic and the dedication i think there's a lot of people that are going to like that and people in the scouting department who are pounding the table for devon vele and hopefully he gets the opportunity that he deserves because that great vele coming back was great for this utah team this past year i feel really bad for him once again that he didn't get an opportunity to showcase his skills because if cam rising was back he would have easily i mean he had 695 yards last year. He had 593 this year, and he had 43 receptions this year versus 55 last year. So he, I, to me, he definitely would have eclipsed uh, eclipsed some of those numbers too. So that's where it's just uh, it was just unfortunate that I didn't feel like Utah always put him in a position to succeed. Whether at times that was play calling around the season, but also more than anything, it, it was quarterbacks just not getting the ball. But Bailey, great guy, excited to see what's next for him in the NFL. I am surprised he uh, declared this early. I thought he might play in the bowl game, you know, try to have a great bowl game, produce, uh, pop the stats a little bit more, and then go off to the NFL. But I don't know how much a big bowl game does help when I also say that when you think about it, you know what I mean? So I definitely understand the decision just to be like, I don't want to get hurt. I'll train for the NFL. And I, I should say, 
He said he declared for the NFL draft. I'm like 99% sure that means he's not playing in the bowl game. I tried to look up and find like something about him, like 1000%, like leaving Utah, not going to the bowl game. But everything I saw said declared most of the time when guys say declared, that does mean like they're leaving now. It's not like they're going to play in the bowl game, then declare. But we just had the statement to go off him. So I do expect that Devon Bailey will not be playing in the bowl game for Utah. And receiver-wise, that means we're going to really need the money parks of the world to step up. Also a guy like Manier McLean. Hopefully he'll be able to ball out. And that's where it's fun. It's one of these other young receivers on the team. Obviously, we know about Mikey Matthews. But like, who else? Who's going to pop up? Who's going to step up? Is Landon King Without uh, you know, that unquestioned number one pass catcher, Vele is gone. Is King going to get more opportunities too? So uh, lots to see for Utah at the receiver position. And it's something we'll definitely discuss is uh, which of those guys as well. Also, how does Utah in the transfer portal? They got to find a number one receiver. How do they try go about go about doing that? A uh, lot to talk about there for uh, for this Utah team. But I'm excited for the opportunity guys like Money Parks had, who had you know big moments or two throughout the season, but. We just didn't hear as much from him as we were hoping the season he would have. Near McLean's popped and made some memorable grabs. Mikey Matthews, a couple plays, but the consistency, once again, like game in and game out, you just didn't always see those guys producing, whether that was quarterback, play calling at times, and just and their play as well. I think is I think they would say as well, like, oh, I could have been better in this game or that game, because that's what all these guys do. So unless you're Jamar Chase, then you're always open, like he likes to say, right? So yeah, I, I think this is a situation where uh, some Utah receivers are going to have a chance to really step up. I think Kyle Whittingham recently said that he expects Bryson to be available for the bowl game, which I think is fantastic news for Utah. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see which receivers will step up, but excited for Devon Bailey to go off to the NFL. We we know what an incredible person he is and an elite player too. So I'm excited for an NFL fan base to fall in love with him. And I do think he will be on an opening day roster next year. It's not like it says always, there's a lot of talented receivers in the NFL, a lot in the draft. That's it's not going to be the easiest thing, but I think he's going to work his way. I hope that he can be drafted and we'll see if not the practice, uh, an opportunity as an undrafted free agent. I think he will definitely secure, but alrighty, that is going to do it for the talk about Utah specifically, or I shouldn't say Utah specifically, the realities for Utah, but I want to jump into a, uh, a multiple, a multi, a multiverse for lack of a better word. I'm a, I'm a Marvel fan. So that's what popped into my head, but let's say Utah was Florida state. So they were 13 and zero pack 12 champion this season, but they just say like similar situation played out like cam rising gets hurt, but later in the season, then Bryson comes in. I want to talk about how we as Utah fans would feel about that if we were Florida State. I think it's a fun what if to play. And I hope you will join me for that little game of what if in one second. But first, got to talk to you about our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including the spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So you can visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. And there's lots of great games going on. Weather, we'll have to wait a little bit for Bowl Mania, but we do have Army-Navy coming up this Saturday. And, of course, we will also have a loaded slate of NFL action after we just wrapped up another fun Sunday of one. So make sure you guys head over to FanDuel, get in all those offers. Even tonight, you can bet on the Jaguars taking on the Bengals. All that and so much more available at FanDuel. All right, let's talk about if Utah was Florida State, how would we feel? To explain the context of the situation, Florida State was an undefeated ACC champion. But two games ago, 
They beat Florida and Louisville without Jordan Travis, but Jordan Travis got hurt. Jordan Travis, their star quarterback, been one of the best players in college football all season, a fringe Heisman candidate, but either way, like just one of the best quarterbacks and one of the best players in college football throughout the season. He goes down and gets hurt. And they do look different offensively, whether that was the backup against Florida and, of course, the third-string guy against Louisville. Uh, credit that Florida State team for being able to win it. Also, come on, like none of this is even a controversy if Louisville takes care of business against Florida State and beating a third-string quarterback. But credit that Florida State defense. That is a championship-level defense, in my opinion. And in general, you can say in many ways that this is just a Florida State team as well that has very, a very, very impressive roster top to bottom. But unfortunately, quarterback is the most important position in sports, honestly, but especially in football. So once again, they were left out of the college football playoff. Who got in was, of course, Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama. And Alabama, even though they had a one loss, they just beat Georgia. Georgia, the number one team that in the rankings for, well, them and Ohio State was for a while. Georgia overtook them. But this is a uh, Georgia team that, you know, well, they've won back-to-back -back national championships. But, like, I hate saying that because I feel like people – I am so I was sick of seeing some people say that Georgia – not many said this, but there were a couple of people who said, like, no matter the results of the SEC championship game, Georgia should get in. They're one of the best teams. I, I, I just can't stand that narrative, especially because conference championships to me have to matter. And conference championships also have to matter when it's the best team you've played all season. That Alabama team was the best team that Georgia played all season in a neutral site game, even though it was also in Georgia, I might add too. And Alabama beat them on that neutral neutral site field. So that has to matter to me. I did not think Georgia deserves to be in. I put a lot of stock in conference championships. So I think that is where I agree with the decision not to put Georgia in, and that the only teams that got in are conference champions. But of course, there were five worthy and deserving conference champions that could have gotten in. And unfortunately, Florida State was the one that was left out. Alabama's lone loss in the regular season being to Texas at home, but the tide have looked really impressive as of late. So how would we feel if we as Utah fans were Florida State? Well, I'm obviously me, so I'll speak how I feel, and I'm curious in the comments below. You guys have to let me know. Let's do a what if. Let's say Cam Rising played. Let's say Utah was undefeated on the season and against Washington Let's say, because that would have been against Washington. Washington, Cam would have gotten hurt, and then Bryson would have came in. Utah would have won that game, and then they would have won the game against the following week against – actually, I'm getting my games off. But we actually would have been gotten hurt against Arizona. Bryson plays against Colorado. Then Bryson would have gotten hurt if we're doing the hypothetical Florida State thing, and then Nate Johnson would have led Utah to a Pac-12 championship in their victory in the conference championship like that. So – then Utah's an undefeated Pac-12 champion, but their starting quarterback is out. And if we're also comparing them to Florida State, you notice the difference offensively. Talk about Florida State's numbers. With Jordan Travis on the season, 40 points per game, 451 yards per game, 41% on third down. Without Jordan Travis in those two games, um, oh, excuse me, 20 points per game, 221 yards per game, and 20%. That is a, I mean, there's literally 200 less yards per game and it's literally half of the points per game. It's a huge loss. So then that's where the and the committee is able to factor in injuries. Let's not forget that one of the things they have listed on the CFP committee criteria guide, which by the way, don't forget, Mark Harlan is on this committee, by the way. So he was Utah's athletic director was involved in this decision process. And I say that not to like get mad at Mark for not putting Florida State in, because as you guys can kind of tell based on how I'm talking, 
I agree with the decision to put Alabama in over Florida State, and I'll talk about that a little bit more in a second and why I also wouldn't be mad. Well, I'm sure I'd be mad slightly because I do root for Utah, obviously, but I would not be mad at the committee if the same situation had played out because let's remember with the college football playoff committee, they have in here they can take head-to-head comparisons, but they can also take other factors such as unavailability of key players that have affected a team's performance during the season or will likely affect the postseason performance. We literally have ev- that is in the rules book as it is. There is evidence that there is evidence that proves that Florida State is a different team without Jordan Travis. That is in the criteria. The college football playoff committee's job is to get the best four teams in. I feel like right now, and I think everyone listening feels like Alabama is a better team than Florida State. What's the difference? Florida State was more deserving. That's not what this is about. This is about the best teams, the four best teams, getting them in there. And I feel like Alabama is one of the four best teams and deserve to be in there because of that big win they just got against Georgia. So let's apply it to Utah. Say, let's say the exact same situation except for swap Utah and then Alabama still out there. If I was on that committee being unbiased, as I say that with multiple Utah things and in, in the show called Locked on Utes, if I was being unbiased, I would put Alabama in over that Utah team in that situation because what would you be talking about with that Utah team? Once again, you're talking about a Utah team that is without their leader, their unquestioned alpha, their quarterback, the guy who's made winning play after winning play, who's led them to wins against LSU, who led them to a win against Clemson, who's led them to other big wins against ACC teams throughout the season. One of the best players in college football. They would be a, they're obviously a different team without Cam. We saw Utah be a different team without Cam this season. So therefore, I... And once again, you see the drastic increase. We're not talking about a slight dip. That's where people like to have fun and say, well, Ohio State got in with a backup in Cardell Jones. That was a big discussion. Well, the difference was Ohio State looks so good against Wisconsin. Ohio State beat the Badgers 59 to nothing or something like that. The Florida State offense, I think they threw for 55 yards. Uh, and yes, like the defense, once again, it's a championship level, but there's two sides of the ball. That offense does not look capable of hanging with the best offenses in college football. There's tangible evidence, once again, with the numbers as well, to show without Jordan Travis, they are a different offense. So if Utah was Florida State in this instance and Cam had gotten hurt late in the season, all these things, even though they were an undefeated Pac-12 champion, and yes, I think part of this also may, like ACC was down this year versus like the Pac-12 being good. Like if the Louisville, especially like just the way they ended the season, the loss to Kentucky and the loss to Florida State now, like it just, it's that you Louisville doesn't look as good as they did either too. And it's not, cause it's not like Louisville gave Forest Like it didn't feel like they really pushed them as much and credit once again, Florida State for making them not look good. But also once again, the ACC was down. So that's where it also hurt them. But that's not even as much of my argument. Once again, it goes back to, we're the best four teams. You're not one of the best teams if you don't have your starting quarterback in there. You're, you're not. So that's where I would have also made the decision the committee made, even if it was about, even if it was to the detriment of Utah, and I would have placed Alabama in because without the starting quarterback, you're not the same team, especially when the numbers prove exactly that. So I do think they made the right decision to not put Florida State in the college football playoff. My heart breaks for the Seminoles fans and those players who gave everything out there, but the right decision was made in my opinion because the committee's job is to put the four best teams in and you can even say unequivocally in my opinion right now Alabama is a better team than Florida State just like in my hypothetical Alabama would be better than Utah even if Utah had finished under season undefeated but no cam rising big part of the equation we just saw how much it was a big part of the equation for Utah throughout the season so that was my fun hypothetical let me know if you guys enjoyed that I would love to do that in the future with more college football teams 
um, or just different scenarios and storylines that play out in college football. It's definitely a fun segment that we can revisit on a future episode of Lockdown Utes if I get good, good feedback from you guys in the comments below. Once again, make sure you guys leave a comment and follow us on social media. Hit us up there as well with any comments about this subject and topic. The whole Florida State thing is like the topic in college football right now, so I, I definitely wanted to make a way to talk about it. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Hope you enjoyed the episode. This week on Locked On Utes, loaded episode. We're going to be talking recruiting. we got to talk about Satao Laumea leaving for the NFL. Maybe a little bit more on Northwestern. Utah men's and women's basketball. Utah men's basketball taking on BYU after Utah women's basketball just beat BYU basketball by over 20 points this past weekend. Lots of fun stuff on this week's Locked on Utes. Can't wait to see you there.